Audio Mission. Audio Mission. Samuel Ajayi Crowther is one of the most distinguished names in CMS history and is seen by many as the most outstanding African Christian of the 19th century, the slave boy who went on to form part of the Niger mission and become the first black Anglican bishop. So in this edition of Audio Mission, we pay tribute to Samuel Crowther as Bert Caesar presents a special report looking at the life and work of this remarkable man. Crowther is one of the icons of African Christianity and he showed that African Christianity had a robustness and a capacity to grow the Christian faith that actually lost its way after he disappeared from the scene. Samuel Ajayi Crowther was born in Oshogun, Yoruba land in what is now western Nigeria. He was a member of the Yoruba a large people group sharing several ethnic traits and a mother tongue also called Yoruba. The exact year of Crowther's birth is unknown, though we know it must have been around 1806. What is certain is that young Ajayi's life started in a turbulent and dangerous society. Towns in his area were gripped with terror as one by one they became the target of raiders who would destroy everything in their path and kidnap the people. In fact, these raiders were slave traders, and in 1821, they struck Ajayi's village. They took the teenage boy captive, separating him from his mother and sister. John Martin takes up the story. The young Ajayi would have been with a whole company of people carried away into slavery, men, women, perhaps with babies on the backs, boys, young and old, all terrified and over the next few weeks, they would have been traded several times, sometimes in exchanged for animals or tobacco even. Then finally they came into the hands of Europeans. A Portuguese vessel was destined to be their passage towards the Americas. Packed like dogs, ill-ventilated, cruelty meted out, left, right and centre, slaves dying in chains. But then, miraculously perhaps, a British man of war on patrol intercepted the ship, freed its cargo, and a frightened young Ajayi would have been put ashore at Freetown Harbour in what we now call Sierra Leone. And it was whilst in Freetown he came under the care of the Church Mission Society. Part of its mission strategy was to look out for boys just like him, to give them a start in life. And that's what happened to this remarkable young man. The experience of being captured, sold into slavery and released was to shape the rest of Ajayi's life, as Professor of Mission History Andrew Walls explains. The experience of slavery is uh, critical for him. He never forgets that. He doesn't give us such a full description of what must have been a very strange experience for them when they came into Freetown, when they're introduced to this completely new order where the school and the church are the pillars. But certainly the experience of trauma is very clear. 
So certainly he never forgets that. On the other hand, I think there's a big difference from the Sierra Leone society that um, think of themselves as liberated. And the other society, the people who were slaves in, uh, in America, I think there's a totally different um, experience here and a totally different psychology. It was while Ajayi was in the care of the Church Mission Society in Sierra Leone that he was educated, learnt English and discovered Christianity. The young Ajayi was taken under the wing of CMS missionary, the Reverend John Raban, and Lots of things flowed from there. Education, he became literate, he found that he was good at languages. And in the middle of all of this, he actually found the Christian faith and was converted. And when that happened, as was often the case, he took a new name. He became known as Samuel Crowther. That was about 1825. In 1839, Sir Thomas Fowle Buxton, a devout evangelical leader of the campaign against slavery, urged the British government to make treaties with the African slave dealers to end their trade. Within two years, the government was sending an expedition up the River Niger to take up this radical new idea. It's where Samuel Crowther becomes part of the story. The CMS send two representatives, the German missionary J.F. Schoen, was one of the few missionaries who had become interested in African languages, and Crowther. And this is the expedition which is going to explore the Niger with a view to uh, setting up new and regular trade, which will make treaties with chiefs promising regular steamer traffic uh, from Britain, uh, which would supply the desired manufactured goods in return for an undertaking not to engage in the slave trade. Crowther's a key member of this expedition, which at first sight appears to be a complete disaster. It crosses the bar of the Niger uh, in the Delta in August. By the beginning of October, this wonderful fleet of purpose-built ships is creeping back with 40 Europeans dead. The report of Schoen and Crowther draws entirely different uh, deductions from what most people were saying. Most people are saying uh, this proves that Europeans cannot live in inland Africa, and therefore that the new Africa policy is hopeless, that the new trading arrangements are hopeless, that uh, missionary work is hopeless. The Shan Crowther report is saying, no, it's not hopeless, but it has to be done by Africans. And the mission force will have to be African. Following the Niger expedition, Crowther was recalled to England where he was trained as a minister at the Church Missionary College. And in June 1843, he was ordained by the Bishop of London, Charles Bromfield. Now the Reverend Dr. Crowther, he returned to Africa later that year. 
It was at this time he began his translation work, producing a Yoruba version of the Anglican Book of Common Prayer and beginning a Yoruba translation of the Bible. It is still in use to this day. I think the Yoruba translation of the Bible is very important. It's the first one in which a mother tongue speaker has an important influence. And one reflection of that is the way the Yoruba Bible has lasted. Crowther and Townsend and Golma uh, all uh, concerned in it, but the fact that you had a mother tongue speaker who was not just an informant, but who was a person with a voice at the table. And in some points, it becomes a decisive voice. It's Crowther, for instance, who insists the tone has to be marked. And it becomes uh, perhaps not quite the discovery of tone, but the um, certainly uh, an understanding of the importance of tone, which was in fact, one of the things which uh, was a stultifying factor early on. So many of the early translations and almost all the people who were working with African languages writing down words as people said them, but um, mystified why saying the Lord's Prayer one way you say Our Father on a bicycle and uh, on another way um, there are eggs in heaven. And if you get both tones wrong, you say there are eggs on a bicycle. Over the next few years, Crowther traveled his homeland, visiting the people, speaking to them, and teaching them. Eventually, he would be reunited with his long-lost mother and sister. When Crowther goes back to Yoruba land, he knows he's at home. He meets his own mother. He meets his own sister. Now, certainly, he's the representative of a new way of life, which is shown not only by Christian worship, but by dress and all sorts of other things. But it doesn't interfere with the sense of belonging, with the sense of congruence with the local society. He's not a stranger in that society. In 1864... Crowther made history by being ordained the first African bishop of the Anglican Church. The consecration of Crowther as a bishop in the Anglican Communion was one of those very far-sighted, ahead-of-its-times events. The church had difficulty with understanding territorial jurisdictions at this stage, so they more or less made him a bishop at large and assigned him a missionary area in the Niger Delta. And of course, there were ups and downs from this strategy. White people didn't really like it and were very unwilling to live under the jurisdiction of a black bishop. On the other hand, Crowther gathered around him a large number of enthusiastic black missionaries and the movement of Christianity expanded like wildfire under his oversight. In the years before his death... Crowther's attention was directed more and more to languages other than Yoruba, but he continued to supervise the translation of the Yoruba Bible, which was finally completed in the mid-1880s. 
Bishop Dr. Samuel Ajayi Crowther died on December 31, 1891, leaving as his legacy the present Church of Africa, the largest in the Anglican Communion. When the colonial period came in and obliterated this general assumption that leadership is going to be African, Crowther's shattered and he dies a broken man, there's no doubt about that. But his legacy, I think, is the African church that had a time of waiting, a day of small things, but which has come to be a crucial factor in African society. Consciously African, conscious of its past, consciously Christian, consciously ecumenical in the sense of recognizing itself as part of a world story, a world story that uh, embraces relations with Christians in other countries and with Christians in other times. The Life and Work of Samuel Crowther, a special report presented by Bert Caesar. Audio Mission, a CMS podcast.